Welcome to the Readings and Ramblings podcast, where we ramble about the Bible and the books we're reading, all from a Christian worldview. We're your hosts, Janice Jones and Shanna Vera, and we invite you to journey with us in our thoughts and exchange of ideas. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire you to read and grow in faith with friends. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Readings and Ramblings. I am Janice Gentles-Jones. And I am Shanna Vera. Thank you for listening again to us. Hey, we're so excited because we're on a new book. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> Shanna, we've been waiting for this. <laughs> I know. I feel oh. like I'm, I'm a bit of a speed reader. So going slow through the b- last book, I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's finish it. And now we're starting a new one. And once again, I was like, okay, I got to slow myself down. I read like the first four chapters in like the first few days. And I was like, oh, now what? (laughs) (laughs) So you have to get a second book. Um, Yeah, that's actually what I do. I'm like, all right, take a break from this one. Let's go read something else. Exactly. Got to have that side book. So I do have a side book because I I really want it to go. Uh, a little bit deeper but I did slow down because I do want to relish this one I feel excited about it so I can't wait till we get to talking about that today (laughs) but before we start we usually we usually share a quote that we um, found that we loved or liked or that struck us so um, what do you what do you have for us this week okay so this week um, I found this book uh, the, it's called The Myth Made Fact. Okay. And uh, it's talking about um, how the various myths through history kind of leads to kind of, they all kind of follow um, the, the Christ. It all kind of follows Christ. You know, they, but they, Christ is the only myth oh, okay. that really is fact. You know, so he mm-hmm. talked, he talked about this theory that um, most uh, pagan, re- pagan cultures, they have some kind of story called the corn king. And it's like the corn king, uh, you know, where it's, it's, it's the king and then he dies and then he's raised again. And, you know, which kind of mirrors, you know, yeah, Christ. I've so, never, I've actually never heard of that. Yeah, so the quote that I wrote down that I thought was interesting is, um, if Christ, but if Christ is the fulfillment of all the legends of the corn king, if he is truly the myth that became fact, then the God of the Bible is not just the God of the Jews, but of all nations. Christians believe that the events of Good Friday and Easter Sunday fulfilled the messianic prophecies recorded in the Old Testament. When Lewis, meaning um, C.S. Lewis, learned from Tolkien, what Lewis learned from Tolkien is that Christ fulfilled as well all the deepest yearnings of the pagan people. Wow. Which I thought was, um, which I thought was interesting because in all those pagan cultures, um, there was a yearning for God to come to earth, to die and to rise again because he was the creator who made all the nations. Isn't and that crazy? Because like, we are created it, in his image. Like you cannot deny that. Wow. Yes. It is written on our hearts and yeah. all these other cultures. They have that, 
myth. But their myth never became fact, you know, like, you know, the Egyptians had their different gods. You know, he named like, you know, in Egypt, he's called Os- Osiris. Mm-hmm. Um, the Babylonians and Persians, he bears the name Tammuz and Mithra um, or Mithras and the Greeks. So like all these different cultures, they have this this yeah. uh, king that, you know, this corn king. But Jesus, when you read, he's the one that's actually the myth that is that became fact. So I love that there was a year. It's interesting. We've been reading or, or we've been memorizing some of Genesis with the boys. And um, we were just reading tonight how when God created man, he took the dust and he shaped him and then breathed his breath into him. Yep. And it's like, wow, like God's breath filled him. Like, I don't know. Like, I know I've yes. read it before, but reading it tonight for some reason, I was just like, that's a really like to think about that. It's just incredible. Like. It's powerful, I know. I can't right? Can't really understand it, but yeah, <laughs> it hits because we could do, we can go, and that yeah. means nothing, nothing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but God does it, and it brought life. And then you see these religions, and even in their denial of God, they still He comes out. <laughs> he comes out. Yes, yeah. that's why I thought this book was interesting. I was hope I keep to it, but um, th- this was my side book, so. Okay. What was yours? All right. So I have one from Corey Ten Boom. Ah, The Hidden Place? Yes. Well, it's actually, I don't think it's nuts. I don't think it's from that book, but it is, she's the author of that book, but it's yes. one of her quotes. Yes. Um, it says, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It Mm. empties today of its strength. Mm. That is so true. It reminds me of my favorite verse in in the old, in the New Testament, you know, I think it's Matthew 6 verse 30 or something where he says, um, do not worry about tomorrow for today's troubles is enough. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love that verse. And this definitely made me feel like that because there's so many nights where I go to bed worrying about, okay, tomorrow we have this, 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 and I can't fall asleep because yep. I'm trying to do the checklist and, yep, you know, and then I struggle through certain days. So I'm like, oh, tomorrow I have to get that done if I don't get this done today. Like, and I'm, I'm missing the now. I'm exhausted. Yes. I mentally can't handle anything. And it's just like, you know, we're given... It- Today's worries today with today's strength. Tomorrow's worries is for tomorrow's strength. <laughs> it's so true. And then you kind of, you kind of take on the, what I notice like for me, is like I start to take on the emotion of tomorrow and it hasn't yep. even happened yet. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it ruins today because I'm it already does. upset about something that hasn't even happened. I don't happened even know if it's going to be good or bad, but I'm already like mentally like it's not good. <laughs> exactly so it's it's i i it's a great reminder i love that you could tell that she reads the bible yeah yeah that's um that's definitely something i came across that quote and i was like oh i'm writing this down because i need to read this like every morning (laughs) when i wake up (laughs) read it every morning right yes absolutely absolutely yeah all right so now we're gonna be uh now that we have our quotes, <laughs> um, what are we studying this week? 
can't remember. For, from the so Bible. So we just, we, or I don't know about you. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> me. Um, I just finished up First Samuel. Okay. All right. And I started the beginning of Second Samuel. Okay, good. You know what? I didn't get to start Second Samuel. Um, but, oh, I need to get you the list. But I, I didn't, the, the, the schedule. But I didn't start it yet because they still have us doing some of the psalms so i didn't start second samuel yet i'm so confused because okay. i'm okay. i'm reading my own bible studies but then i'm reading the bible studies with the kids mm-hmm. and so we're in joshua uh, okay <laughs> so like i like kind of remember who joshua we're at the beginning of joshua and then we're doing we're also we're doing joshua and proverbs and then i'm doing um well now i'm doing psalms until we get back to second is second samuel so you actually start at second samuel yeah just the beginning of it and uh i actually wanted to finish talking about first samuel though because okay, there good. are some things we didn't talk about last week that i just feel like have to be mentioned okay, and on good. my list of those is abigail oh, because okay, there's not ahead. that many strong female characters in the bible so i feel like as a woman when you yep. read about one of them you're like I don't know. It's just important to me. <laughs> yes. Wait, Abigail. Abigail is his first, like, um, the, she was the one whose husband was, um. Nabal. Nabal. Yeah. Yes, actually. Yes. She is a good woman to talk about. Yeah. What did you like about her, Shanna? Like what, what did you like about her? Um, so there was a lot of things I like about her. I mean, she's courageous. Definitely. So David has been out in the field and he's kind of been helping their um, shepherds. Yep. So no harm has come to them and, and they've kind of helped each other out. And he yeah. tells Nabal, listen, like I've been out in the fields and I've made sure nothing's happened to your men. Like, how would you like to reimburse me? And he's how just would you like, like to go ahead. I'm not reimbursing you. Like, yep. I didn't ask for your help. I don't need to help you. <laughs> And so he decides, he all right, if he's not going to give it to me, I will take it. <laughs> so yes, he's, yes. he's preparing for battle. And Abigail finds out what her husband said and was like, oh, she knows about David. She's like, this is not going to end well for us. Yeah. And so instead of even speaking with him, because she knows he's not very intelligent, <laughs> she, <laughs> she decides to just go. And she does. She knows her husband. But she's she, like, she speaks well of her husband. She's just like, oh, you know, he made a mistake. Like, she yes. doesn't ever bash him or say, like, you know. Very uh, diplomatic. Yes. Right? And, yes. I mean, to stand in front of him, he's preparing for battle. So you can imagine they're like dressed for war and she just steps out and she's like, um, yeah, I have some food for you guys, which is like very intelligent woman lead with food. Yes, um, but because that's what I they were asking like how for anyway, and they had it for them. I mean, they could have. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he she could have gotten her head chopped off. Like, honestly, like to just stand in front of them, like they could have just killed her and moved on and been like, nope, you yeah. you missed your opportunity. But, but we know David would never have done that either. And David was actually, I think, impressed. Like, yes. this woman just came forward and was like, this is everything that you wanted and asked for. And, you know, um, it's and all even from the, my husband. Like, 
And even, even the though, words even that though the, she wasn't. chose. Like, even the words she chose, right? Like, the words yeah. that she chose in speaking to David, you know, she was like, you wouldn't want this death on your conscience. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like she even knew how to, in addition to the food, she knew how to, what words to say to persuade them to not move forward, you know? Yeah, she was extremely yeah. intelligent. I mean, she just definitely knew how to handle herself, handle the situation, and yes. do it all with grace. Like, you yes. know? And then she, she goes, would be a great queen, a great king's wife, right? To, you have to have diplomacy as a wife, as exactly, a king's wife. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I could see. So I think she was impressive. Yeah, because we don't, do we get to hear about her later on? Because it's like Bathsheba, she later becomes like, you know, she has the son that is, um, you know, chosen, you know, Solomon. But we don't really hear about Abigail, right? Please tell me Abigail's son was not Absalom, right? (laughs) I actually, I haven't read it in a while. Was she the mother of Absalom? (laughs) <laughs> we gotta I'm look that sure. up. I hope not. We'll have to, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As we come up to that, we have to see. Please don't let it be Absalom. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it's funny because um, in a, a sermon I listened to recently, that we're uh, going through um, Timothy, and it talks about how Timothy is to pray for. Um, leaders and people of authority over him, um, kings. And during this time, um, Nero is actually the one in charge. And even though he's evil, he's being told, you know, to pray for him. So it's just, it just reminds me of this same type of thing. It's like, you know, God has placed these or allowed these authorities to be in place and it's not our job to hate them, to try and murder them. <laughs> um, all we are told to do is to pray for them. And I think even nowadays, you know, whether the person that is president is somebody you want to be president <laughs> or not, or maybe not the person you voted for or you don't agree with, it's our job is to pray for them regardless of our feelings towards that person (laughs) that is so true and and that is so true that is so true and i guess that we can learn from that example you know i mean if david didn't kill saul (laughs) then he uh, had every reason i think we can pray for our leader (laughs) yes and he had every reason to do so so um, yeah uh, yeah all right um so actually Saul's death is in uh, the beginning of Second Samuel, so I maybe I did get that far. I think it's actually the end. I think it is the end. Is it? Is it's it the, the end, end of, of first, first Samuel? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So next week we'll we'll continue on with our Second Samuel's or Psalms. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I might try to do the Psalms um, if I can figure out where in the world I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Um, I will help definitely if I'll try. give it to you like I was supposed to. You know, I, I kind of looked it up. I'm just in my own world, honestly. Um, 
But yeah, uh, I, I just do. I do really well at just continuing in order. I <laughs> when I have know. to like figure out where I'm supposed to go, that's where it all falls apart. It for me. sure so I just, does. <laughs> I kind of just open up the app and I just read the next section, and then I'm like. Okay, next. Um, or I pull out my Bible and I go to the Bible mar- marker and I just continue on from there. So I don't really do well with, like, moving. Yes. <laughs> I'm I, like, all right, I, I got to just look it up. Once I find it, I can, I'll be okay. Okay. I got I to make the first step. <laughs> okay. Um, where are we off to next? Oh. All right, so we are starting our new book of Mansfield Park by Yay. Jane Austen. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do you... Um, so Mansfield Park is uh, <laughs> a classic Jane Austen, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, and we what do we have? The story starts out with... The story starts out actually talking about marriage, right? The marriage of Mr. What was his name? I hope I remember all the characters. But um, the, the three sisters, there was the three sisters. Yes. And each and, of them marry. Um, and it kind of goes through like the choices that they made. I honestly felt like, because we read the first four chapters, I yeah. felt like the whole first four chapters was just like introduction to characters. Did you feel like that? Yes, but it was good because we kind of got um, a sense of, of who they were. and But like, that's what frustrated me. It was like, welcome to everyone. And then I had to stop reading. I'm like, well, now I want to see what happens in their life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... And what I thought was interesting was like, um, you know, again, it's it's like three sisters, but and everyone wants to marry. But there was this there was a saying that there are certainly there, but there certainly are not so many men of large fortune in the world as there are pretty women to deserve them. Because, you know, everyone's all these women are looking for, uh, you know, a handsome young man to marry. Or maybe he doesn't even need to be handsome. I think they're looking for a handsome allowance to marry. (laughs) So it's like they're all looking for, and then you you get the sense you get the sense that like Lady, you get the sense that Lady uh, Bertram, she married her husband because he was wealthy. Yes. Um, Oh, absolutely. Mrs. Norris, she marries this like Reverend who is doing well for himself. And then the third, I feel like she must have married for love. Like, she loved this man, and he was yeah. dirt poor, going nowhere in life. Like, that's yes. kind of the sense you get. Which is kind of interesting, because it, it kind of put in perspective, like, okay, I guess back then a sailor was not, like, a respected position, you know? Yeah. like Or yeah. or he wasn't, I think he, actually, I think he, it maybe it was, but I think he lost his job or something, right? He was injured, yeah. And he, he was injured. Yeah. And then... So, so it wasn't and, necessarily the position. Yeah, but like right? I just picture he's like a handsome man in uniform. She yes. fell in love. Yeah, he ends up getting injured. He can't do his job. He kind of it sounds like he turns to drinking or something. Yeah. Yep. And they have no savings, no anything, and they have a lot of kids. A like, lot of kids. Yeah. I think when she wrote, they were having like their tenth child. Yes. Yes. And she doesn't speak to her sisters because. They had they a look down out. upon her, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but she's now in a desperate situation where, like, I cannot care for these children. I have no other choice. How humiliating, how humbling this must have been. 
Um, yeah, because have to she... reach out and write that letter to them. Oh my goodness, I thought about that because when she, I'm thinking that when they first had the falling out, she was probably like, you know, that's okay. I, I'm, I'm marrying him for love, you know, and I don't care what you, what you, what my sisters think, you know. See, so not realizing how life can change, and put her in that position. Uh, now of being, right. you know, of of being in a position of actually begging for help, you know. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I don't like her to two sisters. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> Yes, they are stuck up women. Yeah. And especially is it is it the one who's married to um the one who came up with the idea of adopting one of her daughters? Uh one of I think the, the youngest sister was um Right. So, so Mrs was... Mrs. Norris is the one that's like, Oh, we have to take her in. But then yep. she she makes sure that Lady Bertram is the one that actually takes her in. Like, we should yes. do this here. You have children, take her. Like Yes. I how that's rude. what I dislike. <laughs> yes. That's what I disliked about her because I'm like, wait a minute, what happened here? You're the one who came up with the idea, you know, and she gets credit, you yeah. know, she's the one that gets credit for it. It's like, oh, it was my idea. Yeah, but she, she's the one who organizes it. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and she and uses tra- her husband as an excuse. Oh, he's not well. She, he she has will... gout. I'm like, what yeah. is gout? I'm like, oh, how does gout prevent you from having a child I'm pretty sure in it's like house? inflammation in the joints or something. I don't really okay. think, you know, having a child in the house is going to do. But she used that as her excuse. He's not well. I can't have kids here, you know? Yes, because kids and, are um, noisy. Although she was 10, right? Yeah. Um, Fanny was 10 at the time. Yeah, so. yep. And and Fanny, I mean, Fanny, when she comes, imagine her, you know, she leaves her family. She loves her brothers and sisters, you know, and now you're moved to this strange aunt who you don't know. Um, And she's like painfully shy, (laughs) which is like a hard situation. And then and then Mrs. Norris is like, oh, she's not grateful. I'm like, she's only 10. She just poor kid. She just like spends all this time crying because she misses her family. family. I'm like, oh, I mean, what a weird time to be ripped away from your family. It would have been better off to take one of the babies. They didn't know anything, but they didn't know. Right. You know. (laughs) Yeah, she was. Yeah, they was. She's lacked. She just lacked compassion. Uh, like they just did not understand a child, which I I thought was. It kind of thought- reminded me a little bit of Jane Eyre and the whole like, she has no family. She's yeah. living with the aunt and the cousins. I mean, this situation was definitely better than Jane Eyre. You get the sense that like, although they didn't love her, right? Nobody disliked her. They they couldn't say anything really bad about her she was seemed like a very agreeable yes, child so it was just looking there wasn't down anything on her. that was terrible yeah yeah They're, i mean right. the, the girls kept saying how stupid she was and how she was uneducated and yep. that's kind of hard but yes they didn't not like her character at least no no that's true because in jane Eyre, they didn't they made it a uh, a crazy hard to live in the house yeah um, but yeah, so they even yeah even and I what I thought was interesting was like the the parents um, made it clear um, not Mrs. Norris the Bertrams because the Bertrams are the one that have the two daughters right yeah. the Bertrams want to have the kids yeah and the two daughters they made the two daughters were close in age to Fanny I think yeah they one were like was, thirteen and twelve right so yeah. they weren't that far but they made it very clear uh, you know that. Um, 
you know, she was beneath them. But yeah. you know what I thought was funny, Shannon? Well, Mrs. Was the- Norris wanted to make sure that she knew, even yes. though you're being raised with this privilege, you are not equal. She was like, make sure that, that she knows that. It's like, yes. I mean, this kid already was ripped away from her family. And it's like, and now make sure she knows she is unworthy. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cruel. You know, but you know what was interesting, too? The conversation they had about why to bring Fanny just, you know, it was like, just in case Edmund and Tom, you know, if she grows up to be a pretty girl, they might meet her on the street and marry her. But if she's living in our house, she'll be like a sister and they'll just ignore her. I'm like, okay. It's like a that's, sister. Yeah. That's a great reason to take Franny. It's a laugh. Because they was like, yes, that's very true. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> because heaven heaven, for, heaven forbid you know one of our sons marry their cousin um not even that she's their cousin but you know that yeah they i don't would think marry that was an issue her. back then yeah, yeah. it's just like, her placement more, in life more so that she they would marry beneath them <laughs> exactly 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 yes <laughs> Oh my goodness! So I don't know. Sometimes stories like that. Yeah, the characters. The I feel like the characters are so funny. The conversations are like ridiculous, and I'm doing the audio book, and like the voices for the characters are funny. I I just I love I love Jane Austen's like just witty banter. Like that's just her thing, and it's yeah. it's hilarious. It keeps you entertained. It does. I think that's why I like it so far. Because I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> but but those type of characters do get on my nerves. Like I, I like the ones who, you know, is, I don't know, that they, they just feel like they're above everybody else. Because, yeah. Just because they have money. I That just gets under my skin. But anyway. But I think that makes Edmund all the more I, endearing. He's that wait, cousin that you know, reaches out to uh, her and cares. Yes. yes. Let's talk about Edmund. Cause he was the, he feels like the only normal person in the family. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he has a heart, but you know what? He's going to be, he's going to be a clergyman and he's yeah. going to take over for um, Reverend Norris. Yes. And so like he has, you know, so I'm like, maybe that's why he's kind. <laughs> or yes, he just has that. Ki- he did. Cause he was the one who actually, um, well, actually spoke to Fanny to find out why Fanny was crying because no one yes. else understood why ungrateful this child is child. crying. <laughs> exactly. This ungrateful <laughs> child is crying. And then she's the one that mentions that, you know, she misses her brother, William, and that he told her to write to her. But she, yeah. he said she asked her to write to him first. And she, you know, she didn't have yeah. any pen or paper or stamps or whatever to to write and he was kind enough to do it and i liked him i immediately liked so cute she's just like she's like it was such a little kid issue of like she didn't ask anybody nobody said no you can't have paper pen and a stamp she just because of her shyness was too scared to ask anybody and just was like what a dilemma i can't write him because i have nothing (laughs) and he was just like oh and nobody thought to ask you you know he asked (laughs) because after that she actually started to warm up to the family you know like um she was you know she started talking to the other to the to the two cousins um i think I, i think the Edmund and Tom, they didn't live in the house. They were about 17 at the time, right? I know I'm one of them thinking, was 17. Well, I know Tom ended up leaving with his father, but Edmund, yeah. 
I think maybe he's doing schooling because it sounds like he's like learn like being educated to be a clergyman. Yeah. So it didn't sound so, like he was there all the time. But he so he was older, but you, but not that much older. So like she's ten, maybe he's seventeen, eighteen, I think. But he's he was, sixteen. He's, he's 16, sixteen, right? But he's mature. Yeah. He, or or I was, yeah. I'll say he's. He's a kind, thoughtful 16, you know, and yeah. I, I, when they introduced his character, I immediately liked him because he was the only, out of all the adults, yeah. <laughs> he was the only one that actually said, well, let me find out why the little girl is crying. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there might be a reason why she's crying. Let's ask her. Because <laughs> nobody else asked her. He's the only one who asked her. Like, but we do you- learn about, we learn about Lady Lady Bertram is not a nurturing mother. You know, yeah. it, it does talk about how she has very little interest in her children. Yes. Um, she doesn't yes. take notice of them. So it doesn't sound like she's a good mom to her own kids. So it yeah. makes it a little bit more forgiving that she's so terrible of an aunt yeah. to Fanny. Because you're just like, <laughs> well, if you can't love your own children, I can imagine it would be hard to love someone else's. And then there's That's Mrs. True. Norris who just doesn't like anyone. So no. you kind of then- just have to be like, all right, I mean, out of these people's characters... It just doesn't seem like it's. It's not that they're being un, unusually cruel. It just seems to be their personality. Just their personality. Yes, their their um their manners is very rude. <laughs> and it's interesting because you would think like Mister Norris, exactly. being a you know being a you know a clergyman that he would have more say or talk or just something, you know, but. It, uh, obviously, Mrs. Um, Norris is the one that rules the family because she's the one that makes the decision. Yeah, I feel that... like we don't get a good sense of who he is, and then he just dies. Like... Yeah, like, but but even though we don't, we know that Mrs. Norris rules the house. Oh you yeah, know? For like sure. she's the for sure. she's the one she's the bossy one. Yeah. Um, and and I I get the sense that I don't know with Mr. Bertram and and Mrs. Bertram. Uh... I don't, I, you don't get the sense that that's a marriage of love, you know, no. like he, cause he decides, no. they don't say why, but he decides, what was it to go to Antigua or something? Yeah. Yep. Cause he has business, but he's going to be gone like six to Forever. nine months. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Nobody what are you cares. doing? Nobody, Nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> but you know what was funny? Um, <laughs> Fanny felt bad for not caring. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked that about care, her. Right? You know, she felt bad that she didn't care. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I should care about him leaving and having, <laughs> you know, and have some tears for him. But she was kind of happy he was leaving too. So that kind of gave you an idea that maybe he wasn't the like most friendliest person either. Like nobody cared that he was leaving. Yeah, no, she seemed terrified of him. Yes. But, but I love that she had... Uh, a, a conscience to yeah. say this is wrong that I don't yeah. care. Whereas he's, nobody he's, else cared, and nobody else cared. For they me. didn't care. But you know what was interesting was Mrs. Norris. You know, um, her husband's leaving, and then she's like thinking all of these, like, oh, I hope he doesn't die at sea, and you know, all these things. Like, but I think she's she's more. I think she was like uh, almost a little disappointed that he made it safely. <laughs> <laughs> 
because then she, you know, was like, she seems like the person that would be happy that her husband died because then this, she would get the, the attention, you know, like, oh, you're a widower. Yeah. I mean, the only problem with that is when mm-hmm. she does die, her son immediately Wait, gains say. everything. Oh, no, but she, no, you said when yeah, she. Yeah, that's, that's Wait. how it works. Everything would go to Tom. Oh, I was going to, oh, I, I, I didn't hear you. I thought you said that she would gain everything. Oh, no, no, no. Everything would go to Tom. So she probably doesn't want him to die because then she'd have to be on, like, it would be up to Tom to take care of his mother. Yeah. And he sounds like a terrible child. He just doesn't care about anything except for himself. So I would not want him to be in control of my money. <laughs> oh, no, no. And actually, we learned that he is not, um, that he is, did I, I don't think I went far. That is, uh, that is, I think I did stop at chapter four. Um, is that, because we do learn that he does he has like gambling, a gambling problem, and he yeah. lost some of the money. Yeah, right. Because they're upset because they're like, "Oh, some of that money should have gone towards Edmund's education, and now it won't because it's it won't because they have to pay for his debt." Right. Which I thought was interesting too, because they're uh, they're so committed. Because that would be red flag number one that maybe the inheritance should not go to him. You know, but was that law? Right. That it was that law that it had to go to the firstborn. Like you didn't have a. Yeah, I I think so. I think that was the way that everything was ran. Okay, and you made a you actually when we were talking before we started, you you saw a connection between that and Esau and Jacob. Like yeah, that, right? it, I mean it's that same firstborn. I mean they were twins, Jacob and Esau, yeah. and it was like he was born a few minutes or a few seconds. I don't know how long. That's you know, before, before Jacob right? and everything goes to Esau. And yes, crazy. it's very crazy. And although, like you said, we don't know that Jacob was better per se than Esau, Esau. but God thought so because God yeah. gave, God chose Jacob. So right. We, we, Regardless if we know their backstory or not, we know that God did choose Jacob. Um, and then for- because Rebecca knows that Jacob is the chosen one, she takes it into her own hands to make sure he gets the blessing, the inheritance, everything. Yes, yes. And then it, it causes a complete... And then that causes conflict uh, Brokenness the in the family. She... Yeah. yeah. She loses her son... And yep. she never sees him again. She passes away before he'll ever return. The that's brothers, true. The brothers have no relationship. Yes, um, that's so true. So what a devastating blow to that family. <laughs> yeah, and so we could see like that, um, that theme is, is we could see that even in, um, you know, even in the time of the Bible. Yeah. That that's that theme there. But we can, um, but we do see, we do, like you said, I didn't think about it, so I'm glad you put that into words. But yes, the first four chapters was kind of that introduction to each of the characters. You yeah. get a sense also that um, the birth, the Bertram's girls are spoiled. Oh, you know? yeah. So I think that's like almost she do, a They don't have good manners. They no. may be educated, but they have no manners. Exactly. And I think that may be, we haven't gone ahead, but it's. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a foreshadowing of like, decisions like what type of girls are going to be what type of women they're going to be because you can see how right. they're being raised right, right now so yeah. I'm, I'm, i mean I'm it really shows that. 
it really shows that education does not matter more than teaching morals and character. Absolutely. <laughs> because without morals and character, all that knowledge is not going to get them anywhere. And we saw that in um, in Jane Eyre, right? Yeah. You know, like um, Jane's, Jane's cousins were educated and... Um, you know, rich had more money, but there yep. none of them, <laughs> none of them were. They all had a very sad ending. They all had a very, very selfish. They all each were very selfish. Um, we know that uh, the son—I can't remember his name—but he ended up going into debt, and they like, and so causing them to have financial problems. Yeah, and um, I think only one of the girls were redeemable. Like, didn't she go to the convent or something? Yeah, she did. <laughs> But I don't know. She would, probably would be one of the mean nuns. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Anyway, um, and that was from that was from Charlotte Bronte's, um, and she. I was looking up to see like their time period. Charlotte Bronte came after Jane Eyre. Like she was born uh, like a year after, um, not Jane Eyre. She was born a year after Jane. I can't think of the author Jane Austen. Jane Austen, yeah. <laughs> After Jane Austen was born, yeah. so um, so they're around I thought, the same time period then. Yeah, so I thought maybe, you know, she was. I wonder if she was influenced by uh, Jane oh, Austen. Oh, that's so interesting. You know, I never thought of that. Jane Austen died, I think, eighteen fourteen, and Charlotte Bronte was born eighteen fifteen. So I would imagine that you know when she was growing up and reading books, I wouldn't be surprised that she was reading. Maybe some of um, uh, Jane Austen's books. Or just yeah. like you said, the time period. I, nothing's changed since then. It's always about that money and marriage, you know. Yeah. But um, so far, like I said, I, I, I'm i glad that she did kind of introduce the characters because you do, it, it gives you a chance to pause and say, okay, I can, I think I can see where things are going to go. You know, yeah. you know that Tom is Actually, I don't know. I don't know if, if what's going to become of Tom, but we know that Edmund is Edmund will probably play a good uh, a big role in there. So I'm excited because this is my first time reading it, so I don't know how everything goes. But so far, I have my opinions of these people. <laughs> so, how many chapters are we planning on reading this next week? Oh. Are we going to continue doing four at a time? Does that work? Yes. Okay. Unless we want to do five. No. <laughs> well, so we'll, we'll, you... we'll start off with four. And then if we need to go further than four, then we'll no, just make we, sure. No, we did. We did. We, oh, we'll start off with four. Okay. So, so, we, so we're going to do chapter five to nine. Possibly ten. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly ten. If you put the possibility there I know I was going to say we're going to read it (laughs) (laughs) So maybe chapters 5 through um, 5 through 10 Yeah Okay good oh I'm so excited So Okay that's that's still good because I think This is a fairly large um, book Right it has a few chapters in here Yeah yeah it's a decent size book We could totally do 5 Okay, good. So I'm I'm ready. I'm excited. I hope, I hope. Um, I'm assuming they'll speed it up as far as age. But if they don't, I don't care. I kind of like it, and I'm ready to look 
Ready to learn more about this family? Yeah. I don't, I think if, if I have not read ahead, which I don't think I did, we do know that Mr. Norris dies, right? Yes, he dies. And Edmund isn't old enough yet to take his place. So we need that was important character. too. I can't remember. I can't remember the name, but they, they come in and hold the place. Um, the Grants. Right? Is that what their names? Okay. I think they were the Grants. So, yeah. So then the Grants come in because they have to hold the position um, that Reverend Norris had. He can't just yes. go vacant until um, Edmund grows up. And Edmund obviously can't just, at 16, start being a reverend. So, um, yes. so yeah. So he's there to hold uh, the place for them. And we'll see what a huge influence these people are in their lives. You know, it was another funny scene. Um from that because now mrs norris has to live on her own right yes. and so the bertrams are like oh now you can take fanny yeah which was so you mean. have an they extra tell her room first, they're like oh fanny you're gonna go live with her because she's all alone yeah and then she's all devastated because this is the home she's known and she's like i don't want to go and then yes. and then mrs norris is like oh why would I take Fanny? What could I possibly do with Fanny? Like, just so shocked at the idea. And who thought of this? Who said this? Why would Mr. Thomas say this? And it's like going on and on. You're like, all right, lady, we get it. You want nothing to do with this poor girl. I need a spare room in case I have a friend and, and I have no space for her. Like, I'm like, I know. Oh. She, exactly. In case she has a friend over now she's never had any friend over when she when she lived with her husband, but just in case now there might be a friend to come over, so Fanny cannot come. You have to room. have a you have to have a guest room. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And she actually she has no money. I have no money to live on. How can I afford Fanny? It's like oh no, but remember she was like, and plus whatever money I have when I die, that'll you know go to you. Yeah. You know? So if I don't have to take care of. Fanny. It'll be extra money. It'll be extra money. So here we go back to money because yeah. Mr. Bertram was like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> you know, Because he's already thinking Tom lost his money. So we need, you know, for the future, we need as much money as we can get. Right. And so I thought that was funny. But it also showed another, it, that was another scene that we, when we got to see with Edmund and Fanny because she was the one who went to, she went to Edmund to talk to him about it. Yeah. You know? Well, because he's the only one who cares. If she wanted any type of comforting, was, she had to go to him. Yeah, but he and he was so gentle in talking to her, you know, like giving her good reasons because he was like, oh, you might be, you know, with her, you'd have more freedom, yeah. you know, to be to step out into society. Because I think now she's 15, right? Is that, uh, yeah. Yeah. About, so she, and so, you and know. he was concerned she's going to be overshadowed by his sisters, whereas exactly. in that house, she's the only girl that age. Yes, and her aunt would have to take her out, you know, yeah. and be... So yeah. he was actually thought it was a, a, a good thing. And another thing where we see Edmund's kindness is when um, her pony dies, right? Um, Fanny's yes. pony dies, and then yes. they... they 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 were like oh you can borrow um the other two girls horse but they ride their horse all the time so there was never an opportunity <laughs> for fanny to ride so she's going months with no horse 
Yes. And yeah, so then Edmund gets her a horse. Yes, I love that. I love Edmund already. I can tell, Shan. I can tell. Edmund's the one. one. He's a good one. (laughs) He's a good one. I'm rooting for Edmund and Lily. I'm sorry, Fanny. Fanny. Although they're first cousins, but I... We'll, we'll keep it in the time period and know that that was okay. <laughs> and I, didn't I know, like sec- isn't that so bizarre? <laughs> well, it's, I guess, you know, you got to look at the eyes of through, through the time period. Like right now, of course, yeah. in our day and age, first cousins do not marry. But I guess that was yeah. acceptable. I mean, even if they were second although, or third. But- <laughs> although when I was like five or six, I yeah. thought I was going to marry my cousin. So, you, did. you know... <laughs> But societal laws prevented that from happening. <laughs> also, common sense is like, oh. But obviously, back then, that was okay. <laughs> but I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for Edmund and Fanny. Uh, I like Fanny as a character. She's kind of shy. She hasn't come into her own yet. Um, she's still, yeah. you know, still doesn't think she's, she's well, she's grown up in a household where she's, constantly told that she's beneath everybody she's not educated and, and she actually she believes, believes them. that yeah yes and so she she's not uh she's not a strong strong in her character her personality yet i won't say in her character but in her personality but i love that edmund takes the time to talk to her like a friend so i'm rooting for them and i hope we're yeah. calling his name right his name is edmund right that's what I wrote down. Okay. <laughs> but my notes can be completely wrong, so let's not base it off of that. <laughs> I hope so. I'm like I was this- I actually had to like write down their names and like the the key details because I'm like, I'm gonna mix these names up. I'm gonna mix up who did what and I was like, I better write this down. <laughs> I think I'm gonna take that lead because I I think there's more characters coming, right? Um and I think there's more main characters coming. What a huge difference going from the Scarlet Letter to oh this. So it's like Scarlet Letter, you have like five characters. Barely five this characters like to talk. Never-ending characters. <laughs> it's like it's I'm writing to... lists right now. I'm like, oh, wait, this person, that person. In that book, it was so easy to keep them straight because there's just so few. I'm so glad you said that because I really did not think to make a list, but I will. I'm going to make my own character list and write yeah. my thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next week we're doing chapters five through, through ten. To ten. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'll text you, you if I go further, light. but I'll I'll try to control myself. <laughs> and then in the Bible, we'll uh, I think we'll do Psalms. I'm actually it's been a, it's been a little while since I've been in Psalms. I would I think I. I could use a little bit of a break from oh. fighting the Philistines. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm with you for okay, we gotta pick a psalm though. There's so many psalms, so um we'll figure that part out. <laughs> It'll be a surprise for you guys okay, what psalms yeah. we pick. <laughs> Cause there's so many. But, yeah, I um, guess I'll text you during the week as we read through. Yeah, we'll figure out which psalms we're reading. But we're all reading um Mansfield's Park, chapters yes. five through ten. So yes. Hope you'll join us in reading and uh, hope you have the same ideas. Uh, don't think we're crazy ladies, but all the ideas and conversation we have about these characters. <laughs> I get so excited, especially starting a new book. It's There's something just exciting about like entering the new world. What is to come? Yes. Who are these people? Yes, that's why I love you, Shanna. <laughs> 
Yes, I feel the same way. Like, who we get to meet new people, you know, you get to you get to go to a yeah. new place now. Now we're at Mansfield Park, you know, before we were in we you were back the sad in Sale. What? In real life, like going to a new place and meeting new people like actually terrifies me, but Oh, me too. Oh, me too. Me in too. this I'm like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this because I can be a spectator. <laughs> yeah, and I do I, better at observing. <laughs> I do better in books too than traveling. <laughs> me too. And you know, and then and then the atmosphere has changed, you know, in, in Scarlet Letter we're like, you know, um, you know, near the forest, because what's her name lived in the Hester lived like near in the forest area, and you yeah. know it's like an old townish. Now, yeah. I mean, here we're like we're among the rich. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go to fancy parties. We're going to fancy parties. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. We get to we get to live the life of fancy people in this book, so we can be fancy too. Maybe we'll have some tea as we're discussing yes. our stories. <laughs> I've actually been drinking more tea, so it's working. <laughs> oh well, good. I've been drinking my ginger turmeric tea. Thank you to my friend, oh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a pretty little um, floral cup to read my tea in, as uh, to read my tea, to drink my tea <laughs> as I'm reading. And I can be in high society, too. I've actually been doing some tea with the boys. We've been doing tea time. Or Wait, tea with who? Really tea time. We've been doing tea with our lunch. And we've, with the boys. Yeah. I and we've either been that. doing a poetry read or a fairy tale. So. Oh, I love that. Do you yeah. have crumpets? We don't. <laughs> you don't have any crumpets? It's kind of whatever's, like- whatever's in the house. <laughs> Because this is in Mansfield Park is in England, right? Are we in Are we in London or, or I think near so. London? I think so. I th- in my mind, that's where I was. I'd actually have to look that up. But I, in my mind, I that's think where we were. If we're not in London, we're near London. Yeah. You know, like, we're like, so. So we have to get our crumpets. I don't even know what a crumpet is, but I will find, I'll figure <laughs> yeah. out what a crumpet is. I don't know what it is either. It sounds, I, I like think it's it. a biscuit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a biscuit or a cracker. I'm not sure, but I can do tea and crackers. <laughs> all right we're getting silly so we're gonna end right now i'm good with that <laughs> well we hope you enjoy <laughs> yes and continue reading and continue reading yay and we'll see you next time bye bye thank you so much for listening today we hope you enjoyed this episode can you do us a favor if you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.
Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you do us a favor? If you like this podcast, please write a good review for us on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player. Your review or like helps others to find and listen to our podcast. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.